so great to have you back. And don't forget, we added a new sponsor for our School Safety 101 program. Crisis Go is a digital safety platform that allows you to manage crisis situations and increase community engagement through emergency alerting, access to digital checklists and maps, bullying incident reporting, crisis training, and so much more. I've used Crisis Go in schools since it was developed, and I believe that the better the communication, the better the prevention and response. Give them a call, 314-669-9022, and give Crisis Go a chance to improve the safety of the children in your school. As a matter of fact, I have been invited to present the School Safety 101 program, along with the folks from Crisis Go, on September 30th at the International School Safety Conference in San Diego, California. In case you're interested, according to their website, the 2019 International School Safety Conference will take place at the Sheraton Tower and Marina Hotel on September 30th through October 2nd. Uh, according to their website, this year's conference coined Beyond the Edge reflects the climate and culture of school safety and will deliver workshops and general sessions presented by leading voices in school safety education to help improve the design and implementation of the school safety programs and outcomes. The conference will include peer-to-peer -peer exchange of information, special guest speakers, and resources and tools from exhibitors. Since 2011, International School Safety Institute has hosted the conference annually to highlight state-of-the-art analysis, training, and guidance to maximize school safety while staying compliant with federal and state school safety laws. Developed for education administrators and other educators, law enforcement personnel, and others responsible for implementing safety and security procedures in educational environments, the conference has consistently pursued an education-first position. The conference is also open to parents who want to be knowledgeable and be active participants, should be active participants in school safety protocols. To learn more about the conference and the fine people of the International School Safety Institute, go to www.internationalschoolsafety.org. That's www.internationalschoolsafety.org. You will not be disappointed. So uh, it's getting kind of busy in this, uh, in this fall time. Other dates, in case you're interested in the live School Safety 101 on-site presentations, I've got some that are confirmed. Uh, the Southern Illinois Fall Educators Conference in Carbondale, Illinois, will be on October the 11th. I'll be doing a presentation there, actually two presentations. I'll be pres presenting a full-day academy on October 30th in O'Fallon, Illinois, and I will be uh, uh, presenting on behavioral threat assessments for the National School Social Workers in Chicago, November 6th. Then hustle to Nashville, Tennessee to present for the American Middle Level Educators Conference on the 7th of November. Busy week. I will then be in Chicago November 20th to present to more social workers on, on the behavioral threat assessments before I present my book, Education in a Violent World, at the Triple I Conference in Chicago on November 22nd for school board members, administrators, uh, and other educators that, uh, that are, are involved in that very large conference. Busy time, but uh, totally worth it if it saves just one child from, from violence. So, 
Speaking of violence on this show, uh, here's a story from College Place High School, which is located in College Place, Washington, right on the Washington-Oregon border, uh, Washington State. Uh, Washington police have arrested a high school student in a plot. This was uh, September 19th. A plot against his school after his mother found journal entries detailing his plans and alerted authorities. The 17-year-old's journal contained information about an attack the student was planning at College Place High School on April 20th, 2020, the anniversary of, here we go again, the 1999 Columbine High School shooting. The College Place Police Department said in a press release that uh, officers took the student into custody without incident Tuesday after he returned home from school. He was booked into the Walla Walla Juvenile Justice Center, that's the nearest large town um, to this college place, Washington. He was booked for felony harassment and threats to bomb or injure property, police said. The mother was very emotional and loves her son, said CPPD Chief Troy Tamaris, who praised the teen's mom for calling police. This was not an easy thing to do, but it was the right thing to do. The mother wanted to prevent others from being hurt and wants her son to get the help he needs. The school's resource officer was also involved in the investigation and alerted school officials of the incident immediately. The school was already out for the day at the time of that report, police said. Listen, folks, here we go again. September 19th, 2019, still mentioning Columbine High School Massacre. In a couple of my previous episodes, we talk about that Columbine effect um, coupled with uh, the complacency that, that many of us uh, as humans, the complacency that we exhibit in our schools, particularly as time goes on between incidences, causes this to be a very, very dangerous situation. Again, we're doc talking about domestic terror those that are already within our buildings. And this Columbine shooting and these Columbine murderers are sometimes seen as some type of revolutionaries to kids. And that's why we're, we continually see Columbine High School uh, cited in these reports. Now, in this particular case, we have a journal, much like we had with Nicole Savario, uh, when she put in her journal how she was going to massacre kids at her rural high school, uh, one of, and her parents turned her in as well. We're in, we're in, start looking at our own inside relationships with these and first century minds of these kids. Now, this is I'm going to take it to another level if I don't get the reaction that uh, that I want to shock to people. I'm going to shock them even more. Uh, that doesn't seem to be would have been some uh, uh, talking to peers later on, but it doesn't appear. It appears that this was pre-planning well in advance. And the fact that this child had the means had the ability, had the date picked out when they were going to commit this massacre. 
the Secret Service did a study several years back and found that over 80% of school violence incidences involving weapons were pre-planned and they told somebody. They told somebody. I've got a, a very local situation that occurred just this week. I'll give you an example of where we're still not there. Teen may face charges after threat made to one student found in an anonymous Snapchat. Actually, it was uh, some type of you not to go to school. Don't come to school Monday. Check the news that day to see why. The anonymous message prompted a Polk County teen to alert the school and the police. Sheriff Jerry Suits, who I interviewed after this, he said that immediately deputies jumped into action and began making plans, including plans to have a deputy inside the schools all day. School officials and sheriff suits found out about the message on Saturday, so they spent the weekend securing the school and notifying parents. He contacted the Illinois State Police, and they were able to trace that child's IP address to a 14-year-old girl in Vienna. She told us after a little discussion that I did it, but it was a joke, said the sheriff. Polk County Schools Assistant Superintendent Ryan Fritch says, although police tracked the threat to the girl, nearly 20% of their students were still absent Monday. 20%. He says it's scary for parents because this is the second time a threat has been made this year. We had one in February of this year, and we missed about 80 kids that day. Today, we have a little under 100 that are absent as well. Fritch just says, uh, Fritch, Fritch says just because an app the teen used to send a snap claims to you to keep you anonymous doesn't mean you can't be found. This is a great quote from that administrator. They can find you. It is not anonymous. Snapchat does not go away. Parents, please reiterate this to your children. This is not a joke. These things do not go away. It's not a shock factor. This your effect that's causing these kids to do this does not go away. There's always that footprint. That digital trail is always there, said Fritch. Suit says he's now working with the state's attorney to, to on how to move forward. There is possible criminal charges that are going to be filed. We had a 14-year-old from Mattoon, Illinois, do the same type of situation, same type of social media posts, same type of threat to see how people would react in a school that actually had a shooting that same year, two years ago, that child, that 14-year-old is now on the no-fly no list and labeled a terrorist in the United States of America. Terrorist, 14-year-old, because they thought it was a joke. Here's the thing, is when I interviewed the sheriff, this, this is a great sheriff from a neighboring county, the sheriff said almost 200 people saw this saw this post, almost 200, around 200. One person, let it be known. Grapple with that, folks. 200 people saw the post. One person made the right decision and turned it in. Where are the other 199 people who should be concerned about the safety of that school? Why did they think that was not important enough to let somebody know?
that's what we're dealing with when we discuss complacency, when we discuss trust, when we look at the Sinosia effect and we see this on a daily basis, is it no longer shocking to the system? That's what's going to change. That's the mindset that we have to change together. That's why we are to, we should be talking about this with our children at home, talking about it with our students at school, at church, anywhere we gather. This should be a daily topic to let people understand it's not a joke. It's very real. And these domestic terror students, the people that are already within our walls, are the hardest to figure out when they become an actual threat to the safety of themselves and to others. These two articles clearly, clearly show us our jobs are not over. As a matter of fact, it may be getting worse without that right mindset. The next, my next podcast, we're going to talk about the para mindset that I, I write in my book. And I'm I, doing that the book release in Chicago in November. And I'm doing it on the para mindset and explaining that to people. This, this is something that can be key to getting these people to understand what their roles are when it comes to school safety and to threats, identifying an actual threat and then responding to that threat. It's going to be for parents, for kids, for teachers, for administrators, board members, everybody will benefit from the para mindset, if they will just, just follow that advice. I'll be doing that on the next podcast. This is a setup podcast for that. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We are out of time. So thank you so much for, for tuning into this, this episode of the School Safety 101 podcast. I hope you gained some insight and, of course, some motivation. My name is Steve Webb, and you can reach me at www.safeschoolsystems.org. That's www.safeschoolsystems.org. With comments or suggestions or any ideas that can help keep our kids safe. We are all in this together for a better tomorrow.